Predators the dragons suck. Dragons <laughs> suck. I don't even like them. I don't even like them. Good way to start. We talked before whether or not you guys prefer chromatic or metallic. metallic. What do you prefer? Metallic. Dan, you prefer metallic? I prefer metallic. What do you prefer? Wrong at life. I know what. Who I, prefers metallic dragons? Dungeons and Dragons is the only time where you could be bad and not really get punished for it. Know what? I I I, I like that good. they one. I've got a colossal red dragon sitting and watching us mm. as we do this all, all the time. Like, Shayla. I Sheila. No, that's not Sheila. Shalala. I believe it's I, believe I hate it's, you people so much. No. Shalala. I, I will pay Steve. homage to the <laughs> trope Steve. that is His the name evil. Is Steve. <laughs> I've had that thing longer than I've been your friend. So Yeah. 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 yeah just and it will be where my priorities are. It's got a Decepticon logo on it. So but anyway, it. dragons. Anyway, dragons. I like black dragons because they're sadistic and I feel like even though the chromatic dragons are evil, quotation. You, you have said multiple times that you want like D D to hurt you. Yeah. So I do. There's it's, like it's a cathartic, deep, man. It's cathartic. There's a deep seated issue coming through here. Are you okay? I don't know. I like Terry. I like, are you okay? You know what, Dad? I'm gonna tell you what it is. I like living life on the edge, man. But I'm too much of a coward to do it. Really. <laughs> so I'm not going bungee jumping or anything. I'm just gonna like make my character get as close to death as possible and then run away from it. <laughs> Terry's that guy standing like three rows back at a fight, saying, "Yeah, kick her ass." I'm like, hurt me, hurt me. <laughs> Uh, character makes a multi-attack multi against you with a whip. Perfect. Keep going. I'll tell you when. <laughs> to the left. Tell you when. You should action surge, DM. <laughs> Terry's next character is going to be a tabaxi with nine tails. Oh. <laughs> um, Meow. So, so, dragons. So, so back to dragons just really quickly. We said in a previous episode that um, one of them, one of the different kinds can uh, shapeshift mm -hmm. naturally. And it is metallic that can do it. It's not yes. chromatic. Yeah, I hate that. Yep, me too. I'm gonna give chromatics the ability to just be people and fuck with the party. Yep. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna nerd out a little bit. The black dragon in World of Warcraft, huh? Nixia, for years before she was a raid boss at the end of the game, was a human character that was influencing the crown on the human side of the alliance. Right. And she was just standing off to the side of the young king, uh, Varian Rin or whatever his name is. I played Horde. Eh. Um, no one's surprised. But, I don't uh, even know what the hell you're talking about. I've never played World of Warcraft. I'm but, just going, yes, yes. But it, mm. it like shocked everybody when this advisor, who was a quest giver, like a lot of people had talked to her and, and gone through these things, ended up being like the daughter of the uh, Black Dragon Flight leader. Like mm. it's just like super evil person. And uh, it, it threw everything on his head. So I love doing that in my games now. And I love referencing that a little the, bit in the, the last campaign that you guys played in had two mm -hmm. dragons that were masquerading as people. One of them ended up in a romantic relationship with one of the PCs, and the other one was like the most trusted, wise steward of of this giant hollow tree that held an elven <laughs> village inside and turned out to be a blue dragon just like waiting. That was good. I, the reason I like that one is because my character was having a relationship with a half-orc, but that didn't even seem that weird compared to the character, the player we had that was having a relationship with a dragon. And then when if you questioned it, he was like, like, when he found out that his, uh, yeah. his romantic interest was a dragon, we were like, oh, so that's over? And he's like, no, why would it be? Because <laughs> she's a giant lizard, man. <laughs> because you're shagging a giant lizard, dude. I shouldn't have to tell you this. <laughs> the, best, the best thing to do is I'm like, and, and she becomes a dragon. And he looked at me for, he just stopped. And he, and he raised both eyebrows and he went, 
Huh. He was totally turned <laughs> on by it. Huh. He loved it. Yeah, it was all over. Absolutely fantastic. He loved it. He's so, some sort of reptilian furry. Speaking <laughs> of people that will sleep with anything, shall we get <laughs> oh, to the topic? Yes. Yes, we shall. We're going to talk about bards today. We're going to explore the classes uh, and then uh, three of the subclasses. Two from the player's handbook and one from Janathar's. Um, but before that, we got to roll the opening music. Slabity bass. Slabity bass. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Okay, guys. All right. So we're going to go into into bards today. We'll touch on lore a little bit. So for those of you who know the lore, bards believe that the world was spoken into existence. Uh, and they essentially take their spellcasting ability from... I think it's often thought to be just singing, but it's not really. It's kind of the power of the spoken language, really, however you put it across, it, it, whatever it's you mean. Is any vocal or auditory, like yeah. an oration? I would even, yeah, that, that's right. Any sort of auditory thing, because it can be well, it's instruments, you know. Yep. I, I would even argue that it can be any kind of artistic ability, really. You know, I'm not going to limit anyone because they want to be a whittler in, or something. Interpretive dances their way yep. through magic, why Absolutely. not? Absolutely, go nuts. You know, there's no point in holding people back. Um, but bards will go off to certain colleges. Essentially, they go to... A university to learn their ability and to and to fine tune it to whichever kind of subclass that they want to go to. So, uh, so we should talk about uh, the general flavors, the archetypes, and the stereotypes, the things that we've seen, how maybe we would like to do it a little bit differently, uh, and what the rest of the world is seeing. But first, we got to roll initiative. Are you ready? I'll try and get it in the box this time. Natural, natural, natural twenty. You've, you've finally, oh no, you've crit before. No, 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 no. I rolled an eight. Terry rolled an natural oh, 20. Oh, so there you go. I get to go first. I rolled uh, an 18. You're going second again. But you, you get to go second. I know. So. No, I'm okay with it because okay I still rolled higher than Dan. <laughs> Dan still lost. All right, so the classic Why archetypes do I do this that we people? see. By episode 45, you know, I'll just be fist fighting in the background. You know that, right? <laughs> so for this, I, I'm going to go over what I, what I see to be kind of like the general tropes with uh, with bars. But, you know, I'm not going to hog the turn here. If you two guys want to jump in a little bit, that's okay. We've we've seen the general sort of minstrel type that, or even that, that like fairground caravan type entertainer yeah. that seduces all of the men or the women around. Yeah, they're the reason why dragonborn half orcs half elves and every half breed race is around, right? That's it. Yeah. Not dragon. Just 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 not just dragonborn. just really you're talking, horny yeah. bards. You're talking half dragons, not dragonborn. But yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Specifically in fifth ed there's a freaking difference. Yeah, I know, there, I know I know there's a freaking difference. But, I, I was but sure. but hold on. So you're saying that they're they're traditionally minstrels, right? Yes. But not every minstrel is a bard, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people get backwards right. here, right? Is that anybody with some sort of musical talent is a bard? You have to go. You study as hard as a wizard does. Same as not every priest is a cleric, like as a yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah, and like Deckard came from the Diablo series, the stay a while and listen, like yeah. the yeah. Sean Connery ripoff. That dude is a bard. He's just telling stories. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like, there's a power to that. That storytelling aspect. And it even says in the player's handbook, it doesn't even have to be a true story. It's the power of the story. Right. Right. That That's behind the bard. And, and I, I, really I love how the power of words, the power of the like auditory input is so ingrained in these things. Like College of Lore guys get cutting words. Like uh, the spell... Uh, um, why is it escaping me? Uh, the mocking. Uh, vicious vicious mockery. mockery. Yeah. Like you have a spell where you just belittle someone so much you hurt them otherwise known as being dan on this podcast yeah. <laughs> but i feel like the the for things like that i think the vicious mockery is it's not the words really that you're saying it's the power behind the it's words. the power behind the, the, the words the, the, the sentence that you say to mock them is just the medium the magic yeah, it's, yes. so, it's such a good uh comparison to D D 
It doesn't matter the details. It matters that you're telling the story. Yeah. 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 Right? And that's that's it's so cool because that's the role play class. So because of because of their abilities in the class, bards have obviously for social encounters, they're hugely valuable for their for, for their charisma, um, usually being their highest stat if you're playing correctly, you know, mm-hmm. quotation marks. Um, but also they're very much a buff class as well. Um so yeah. They, not buff like a barbarian. They buff not people. buff like a barbarian, the, buff like you could a argue bard. with their charisma dependence that they're fairly good looking people. Too. Yeah, but well, I feel that they're Trent Reznor good looking. They're not. They're not freaking more um, like. like I feel like like Javier Bardem good looking, where it's like half the world gets it, and the other half is like, really that guy? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't get it. His face looks like a shoe. Continue. <laughs> His face isn't a shoe. <laughs> we love. It. I'm sure he listens. I'm sure he listens with the other three people. <laughs> I kid because we're friends. I'm going over to his yeah. house after this recording. Adam, Dan, my mom, and Javier Bardem are the four people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is going to we're down to three. But they're buff people, as in that they're going to they stand at the back and will inspire the rest of the party, or they have their song of rest um, to help you when it comes to the long rest type um, times. Um, so they're kind of a jack of all trades. Um, in that they're, they can fight, but they're not the fighter. They can do spells, but they're not the wizard. Um, so when you guys are playing it's bards... literally one of the names of their abilities. Yeah, oh, well, it is, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, jack of all trades. So when you guys are playing bards, how do you tackle this then? How do, how do you do it when you kind of jack of all trades and you could just dip in here, dip in there? Um, I, I play the guy who could do anything, but... And do you uh, enjoy it? Like, kind of but too. like, oh, I fully enjoy it. I love playing bards, uh... There, there's a certain freedom in them because you could kind of they're versatile. They're versatile. That's what they're about. They're about being versatile. They're one of the only arcane classes that gets cure. Uh, at least that was three five maybe. But but uh, it it straight up doesn't matter because in one of them you can just dip into other or uh, not even one of them. It's built in. You can dip into other classes spell. Spellless. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you I'm just can. like, I'm I'm I think it's tenth level you can do that. You can start dipping in uh, magical secrets. Yeah. It's magical secrets tenth yeah. level. So they're they're all about their versi- uh, versatility and um, and really um, dipping into that. But the thing I love about bards is even though they're kind of like seventy percent good at everything, they will tell you they're one hundred percent good at everything. And you'll believe them. And you'll believe them. And I love that. Like the the one time I slayed a dragon. Now I had four guys with me, and I'm not going to tell you that I yeah. had four guys. That did 90% of the work, and I came in with my, you know, cutting words at the end and went, <laughs> you suck, and it died. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing about bards I love. You could kill someone by just telling them they they suck. Yeah. Like, you could literally murder someone they with They will die words. inside and then outside. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that, I love that about them as well. The story doesn't have to be true for you to achieve. Like, the fighter, essentially, this, they have to have killed the dragon for somebody to believe them because they're not going to be able to fool somebody. Yeah. The bard doesn't, it doesn't have to have really happened. Uh, and that's what I really enjoy about them as well. I think yeah. they're, just, they're just so good for social encounters. And I'm really a role-play heavy player. And I feel like in real life, I'm a half-elf bard. If I was a character build, that would be what I am. Um, so for me, it just kind of comes more naturally than, uh, I don't know, Druid, for example. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love bards. I play bards. They're my favorite thing. Because mm-hmm. I will listen to the exact words that you use and spin them on their head and use them against you. Yeah. yeah. Right? I absolutely love that role play, that interaction side. I of am who terrified the bard is. of a bard villain in your campaign. Oh, I am, I am terrified, and I know there I, is. I imagine one. like a high level politician. Bard type villain? Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they very much exist. Yeah. Um, you haven't been in those cities, but there are bards all over the place. I love the bards because 
in my head, they're the masterminds behind the rogues. The head of the rogue guild is a bard. Yeah. Because he's the only one that's going to be able to tell the rogues, the, the assassins, what to do. Right? Everybody else either has to have might is right, but the rogues will sneak their way through it. Or it'll be another rogue that, that's commanding them, but while well, Waterloo's that guy, will stab the the bard sister. No, 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 you guys are my henchmen. Mm-hmm. Off you go and do this. And they thank him for the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, I love that aspect of, of, of role playing and being able to get into the heads and the minds of other, of other characters and creatures. I'll tell you right now, I don't want to be a bard fighting direwolves. That doesn't make any sense no. to me. Like humanoids is what you prefer. Wait, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't even have to be humanoids as long as they're, like, it can be a fiend. Yeah. Right? As long as I'm actually, it has to have language. Yeah. Yeah. Right? A, so, a degree of intelligence, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I know that I'm going to end up in a monstrous campaign of some sort for whatever reason, or there's a lot of aberrations. We're going to space, we're fighting mind flayers, and yeah, they got languages, but they've got alien minds, and I, I can't outsmart a beholder. You just can't. Yeah. Right? No. Way too chaotic. Then I, I'm going to... Think of something about like mimicking noises as opposed to using words. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's a different flavor to it. But yeah. well, even still, if you're in that kind of situation, you play the kind of bard that is more buffing and encouraging your party rather than being directly antagonistic to the things they're fighting. Well, right? I also find that in fifth edition specifically, but D and D in overall in in fifth ed uh, specifically, there are not a whole lot of debuff spells. No. I can boost my party members a million different ways. But I can't make you bad at shit. Yeah. Bane is the only thing I can think of right Bane now. Bane and cutting words. Cutting words. Right. Yeah. Like, well, there are a couple others, but it, it's rare. Right? There's not a whole lot of being able to hurt other people with, with your words. So do you feel like that's something that's missing from the game? Yeah. To, to it, do, like, home, um, homebrew spells? Yeah. In a few episodes, we're going to talk about homebrewing in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it's three episodes from now or, or ten. But we, we touch on homebrewing in a, in a really, mm-hmm. like, we'll cover it. And I want to cover spells and what's missing yeah. out of 5th edition. From a bard perspective, I think that if you're playing a bard, you need to sit back and go, what do I want to do? Not what's in the player's handbook. Yeah. And then work with your DM to say, here is the magic that I want to pull from the weave to put into the world. Yeah. This is the spell I want to do. What level is it and can I do it? Yeah. <laughs> right? And so... We'll talk about that another time, but bards are so inherently magical just by understanding how the how the world works, the fabric of reality. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but at the same time, like, they're also very skillful and physically capable. <laughs> well, they get expertise. Some, some of them. They get expertise. They get a D8 hit points. Right, but that's... Or, yeah, they get their D8 hit points. They, they... Everybody gets a D8 hit points if they're really squishy guys. That's like saying that... All right, fine. D eight is the standard, though. Their main saving throw is a dexterity saving throw. Like, and they get dex and charisma. Like, <laughs> right? Because th- what else do you need besides charisma when you're a bard? Dex just makes sense because I said this sense. in the last episode. It's the one that you roll more than anything else. That's your save. Yes, so but because they're good at everything, that'll be the one that they're good at. Yeah. All right. So I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't see them as being necessarily physical. They can be some of them. I mean, College of Valor definitely is yeah. college of swords definitely is but i i have trouble picturing them relying on the blade mm-hmm. when they can be relying on their spells because like i say they've put as much effort into this as a wizard has yeah there's a reason they're a ninth level spellcaster yeah and and not like dipping into it like a paladin does yeah. right right so anyways that's that's where i'm coming from in a bard 
yeah, I think I think we've pretty much covered everything there. I mean, we'll go on to the three subclasses we're going to talk about in a second. Unless there's any last points you guys want to touch on before we move on. Uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, to ask real quickly, um, what are their proficiencies? Their proficiencies are skills. Choose any three. That's what it is. Choose any three. Just, no wonder we couldn't remember specifically, Adam. Yeah, right. It's so, anything. Right, but <laughs> even with expertise, I'm not seeing that as them do, like picking acrobatics. They can, and why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. But... Why not also pick intimidation and deception along with your insight and persuasion and yeah. performance, right? And you can it just leans so heavily into the role play, yeah, right. So that's a I think that that's super not not just not just helpful but interesting. Yeah, I mean, you could for intimidation, for example, something always that, that came to my mind there is it doesn't need to be like a a, a charismatic minstrel type bard. You could have like a war drummer. Or something uh, where their job in their in their military is to you know play the drums or whatever and intimidate the enemy before they get there. And yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, Big Ivan in the Mage Tower was a half orc bard with a little drum. Yeah, that's right. right. Like you could do the drummer. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why in their proficiencies they get three magical uh, three instruments as well. Yeah, not magical. They get three. But they get it's, well, it's, they're magical because they're well wielded by bards, but like they get three different instruments that they can choose from. Would you rule that it needs to be a musical instrument because that kind of that kind of railroads you down that route or would you say because Adam you've talked before about having like a, a, a bard that whittles, a whittler. Uh, yeah. Would you maybe say that that would be their instrument, you know, that they Yeah, absolutely. Like whatever your performance is, yeah. three tools that you would use for the performance. If you're like again, if you're an interpretive dancer, uh, you have like tap shoes, a ribbon, a ribbon, right? Like, th- like there are there are some things, a hula hoop, yeah. sure, like whatever it is, you have this thing, and you can be as creative as you want with the bard. The bard is meant to be role played. You could be David Bowie with the uh, with the uh, static juggling. You should have a homebrew yeah. ability where you can turn your mage hand into a purple hula hoop. I mean, okay, if you're gonna be a magician, you are a bard. Your magic item should be a top hat. Yeah. Let's just like let's yep. let's go there. But, <laughs> I'm proficient in rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ha! Just a, oh, just a hilarious bard that keeps pulling things out of the top hat of holding. It just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it just and what I got in here? Oh, that's from last week. Just uh, a spear. <laughs> no, wrong one. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Anyway, that's... okay. All right. Just before we move on, then, guys, I know we have a commercial. So here's our commercial, and then we'll go. cool would it be to hear your company name on this podcast? Pretty stinking cool. It's Mimic is ready to take our show to the next level. We want to partner with other awesome businesses to share your brand with our listeners. Please email us at info at itsamimic.com for advertising information. Alright guys, we are back. So we're going to talk about three subclasses today. So we're going to talk about two from the player's handbook and then we're going to talk about one from Xanathar's as well. Um, before we get to it though, we're going to roll for initiative and we're going to also going to tie in um, some of the additional abilities that come with Bard and how we might use them with the subclasses, the use of uh, counter charm, inspiration and, and the like. Okay, are you guys ready? Yeah, yep, let's, right, let's roll for it. Seven for me. That'll be a 17. Adam's going first. Terry's going last. This is as per usual. Yep, as, yep. as is tradition. I don't know why I roll. I'm second. Yeah. For those who weren't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam, take it away. Uh, all right, so the very first thing that I did was uh, I looked at the uh, College of Valor, 
And I picked this one because I, it never made sense to me. Right? I always think that it's, it's garbage pants. I don't understand why you would play a sword-wielding minstrel. Just at face value. And then I actually started to look at it. And it's got a couple of really crazy things about it. The very first thing that you get at, uh, at third level is proficiency with medium armor, shields, and martial weapons. Tell me the other full caster that gets it. Sorry, full casters from 3.5 to half classers, three, three quarter casters. Yeah, we talked full. about it earlier how like paladins only get like four levels of spells or six they, levels no, of spells. They get, they get five. Five, yeah. And, and um, even warlocks only get five levels of spells, right? A bard gets the whole freaking gamut and they can choose some other things and now they get a shield. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that kind of blew my mind. I, I kind of glanced over College of Valor because why would you not do uh, College of Lore? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the general thinking yeah. for most people for Bard. Yeah. But this is, this is a lot of fun. Uh, also at third level, I'm going to read directly out of this because it blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, you learn to inspire others in battle. Uh, a creature that has Bardic Inspiration die from you. So when you give Bardic Inspiration, they can add it to really any D20 roll, right? Yeah. This also allows them to add it to damage rolls. Or their AC is a reaction. You can damage their AC? No, you add it to yours. Oh, sorry, you add it to yours. Yeah, so it's like... No, no, no. The creature you inspire adds it to theirs. Yeah, yeah. So if I inspire the Barbarian, right, it's like just casting shield on him, but I haven't used a spell slot. Yeah. Right? That's insane. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so even in an anti-magic, you could be stood in a Beholder's anti-magic field, you can still do it. Yeah. You still do it. Yeah. yeah. Which means, at 6th level, you get the extra attack, so you had to wait one level to catch up with the Barbarian as far as the number of attacks that you're doing. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, because you're a full caster anyway, yeah. and you're role-playing everything. You are a party by yourself at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then at 14th level, you have, it says, you've mastered the art of weaving, spell casting, and weapon use, which means when you cast a spell... You can still attack as a bonus action. With your weapon. With your weapon. That's nuts. That is nuts. That is so overpowered from a from a physical melee standpoint. I think, um, because for people who like to play those types of characters, those melee type of characters, you're looking at Paladin, Barbarian, Fighter. Those players, I wouldn't have, even myself, thought to even look at College of Valor on a bard. Right, and look how powerful that is. Yeah, you're medium armor, shields, martial weapons. You are as proficient in this stuff as a warlock. Mm-hmm. Right, and as as a hexblade warlock, even right yeah. as uh, you are not quite as good as a as a ranger on things, but you're definitely as good, if not better, than a rogue, right? Yeah, and you're full casting. That this is overpowered. This class can do anything, and we haven't even touched on on the regular bard stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. The the expertise. So you're adding all of these abilities and skills on top of it. Right, yeah. your your crazy font of inspiration. So, so you're, now you're, you're opening up magical secrets to uh, now. Not only are you casting arcane, but you're also casting some divine spells into there. Exactly, and you're whacking a guy upside the head while you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to heal you. I'm going to stab that guy, and and the guy to my left still has inspiration from last round. Oh, by the way, you have counter charm as well. Yeah, you can throw right in there as well. So. so like, there's just one thing after another with with College of Valor. That it just keeps getting better and better and better. If I'm going to roll up a bard, and it's like, oh, hey, we're going to roll up 15th level characters for this. <laughs> all right, I want the best of all worlds. I'm going with the bard. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. College of Valor. 15th level, you're going bard and then dipping one level into fighter just for action surge because screw you. Oh, oh can you imagine? imagine? Oh, it would be brutal. 
So absolutely brutal. So anyway, that that's me. College of Valor uh, surpassed everything else as far. I love all of the other bard stuff, and I just kind of ignored Valor and Swords because eh, yeah, eh, they're kind of fighty. Who gives a shit? Valor actually, I give a shit now. Yeah, right. It changed my mind. Who like knew? you and the Barbarian, I I changed. I'm a changed man. Yeah, and now yeah. you are as well. Dan, can we change you at all? Um, please, can I someone t- change Dan? <laughs> oh my god, we're in the same clothes for weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> the life of parents, like y'all out there, you know me. Apparently, yeah. Anyways, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going back home to my clean house and car after this. So. <laughs> you're gonna go home and pet your Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't think you could change me away from uh, College of Lore. It is the iconic bard. Yeah. It is. It is when you roll a bard. This is what you think. I, I used to call it the College of Nerd. Because I liked Valor Bards. I liked the ability to be like the dashing swashbuckler kind of character that a Valor Bard could really... You could also be a swashbuckler for, that's a rogue. You could also be a swashbuckler, but that's a Xanathar's thing. Um, College of Lore is that wisecracking um, history nerd to a point who uses his words to weave stories and, and um, is just... is the skill monkey of the... Of the party is um open up to secrets and uh, like the flavor of a college of lore bard is insane and is iconic in every way shape or form i love them their ability cutting words is probably one of my favorite abilities other than rage in the game like as a as a class ability so okay i'm gonna pause you for just a second because you're you're touching on something that, that i absolutely love for college of lore specifically and i know that you, you're about to jump into but i want everyone to keep this in the back of their mind I always say that you should never... Like, Kenku is really hard to play. You should never play a mute character. The moment you start to cripple yourself, you cripple the party. they got to look out for you. Yeah, they don't yeah. understand what you're saying. It's a big issue. I want to play a College of Lore bard that's blind. And so all of the stuff that he says is out of his memory. And he's just, like, uh, uh, spewing insults and issues and like he sings a song and he's like humming to himself as he's walking down the road with the stick in front of him and like the flowers are blooming around him yeah right because he's singing this happy song he's a disney princess yeah but he's but he's blind and i don't know i just think that a blind college of lore bard would be a shit ton of fun to play i would like a college of lore bard that is not blind but wears dark glasses and convinces everybody that they are no yeah no yeah i'm in yeah no 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 these your college of lore bards are also your conmen, right? Like there, there's, there's a little bit of here that's like you know the college, these colleges members gather in libraries and sometimes in actual colleges, um, complete with classrooms and dormitories to share their lore with one another. Like these guys are nerds, but they are so in love of the story of life and the story of the weave and the story of history. I love the idea of them all getting together too because like one of them is, oh you know one time I caught a 14 inch trout and I was like I caught a 15 inch yeah, trout. They're inspired. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but at the same time they're also the those same group of old men talking about fish size and comparing their fish size. They're cods? Yeah, they're cods. Yeah. Um, these are also the same ones who see the teenagers walking on their yard and lose their mind. Get off so, my yard, you kid! Yeah, right? Yeah. To the point of the teenagers going and running. Cutting words. The ability to uh, hinder your attacker as a reaction with nothing more than just speaking at them is insanity to me. Like, you get to take your uh, font of inspiration, which at level 5, regens at a fifth, le- like, at a short rest. Like, you get these forever, and you get to throw these things 
at anyone around you within 60 feet who could see or hear you. Like, it's just... And as a reaction. It's like, oh, you're you're attacking my wizard friend? Well, you donkey, you're not. The verbal component for that is, uh-uh-uh. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, because I like to call them the College of Nerds, they're also the, um, actually, like, that's cutting words to me, and I love it. So oh, I, my God. Why did I just get so mad all of a sudden? Because <laughs> you're still on Barbarian. You're still on Barbarian, that, yeah. that person, I felt like I wanted to punch him. But add on top of it the fact that the insane... You get to choose three proficient, uh, three skill proficiencies for Bard is doubled with a College of Lore Bard. You now get six of your choice. Go nuts. Have fun. Like, it's ridiculous. The additional magical secrets where it's like, you want to pull from other classes? Well, we're going to pull more, right? Like, there is no reason why your College of Lore Bard isn't casting Eldritch Blast just as good as a Warlock is, right? I mean, Warlock get their invocations to add to it, and that's going to boost it, but like, it's a cantrip, people. Like, it's going to be hitting damage just like anything else. I actually... We're going to cover this later for other characters. I had a bard warlock character that I want to talk about so much. Save it for later. For but, the warlock episode? No, no, no. For this episode because he's mostly bard. So okay. we'll talk about him later. Um, and then peerless skill. The ability to uh, expend any sort of... Uh, to roll a bardic inspiration die and add the number to any ability check full stop. Is... And the ability to do it after you've rolled, right? Like, you could roll a thing and be like, uh, I'm going to roll athletics. No, no, that's not great. I'm going to do this after the fact. It's insanity. So, I love this class. I love this archetype. Adam, you were saying earlier that uh, the College of Valor is very overpowered. Yeah. College of Lore is just as bad, right? It's just got that different flavor to mm-hmm. it. So yeah. that's me. Terry, what it's you me. got? Eventually we're going to discover that they're all just overpowered and therefore they even each other up. <laughs> okay. Um, so when we were going through and we were looking at the different options for subclasses, I'd never explored this subclass before that I'm going to cover, which is College of Whispers. Uh, it's in Xanathar's. And as I started to take a look at it, I realized that this is probably actually my favorite type, uh, my favorite subclass, um, because this would be a type of character that I would really enjoy, where it's not, um, they're using their words, but not in the sense of singing. It's more for extortion threats and kind of reading between the lines and that their words for example may be happy and positive but the magic behind them may cause fear Mm -hmm. in what they're doing so for example some of the abilities they have um psychic blades which they get at uh i believe it's third level uh means that you can also cause psychic damage to your target once you've hit them with a melee attack you use a point of bardic inspiration to do it but it's just an extra little bonus that you can throw in psychic damage can be very valuable especially against the barbarian type there are so many creatures that are immune to your fire cold lightning yeah there's not a whole lot that's immune to psychic Mm -hmm. even even your totem warrior uh barbarians that is the psychic damage is the one thing that they'll still take full damage on exactly that's how you beat the hulk yeah. What I like about the College of Whispers as well is that uh, it makes you even more important for social encounters, uh, for the ability, abilities that they have. So you can cause more uh, like long-term sort of threats. So, for example, the Words of Terror that they get at third level as well, um, is you can use your words to uh, infuse fear into the enemy, providing that you've been speaking to them for one minute. 
So you can, if you're having an interaction, a long conversation with an enemy or they're monologuing or something like that, um, you can let the DM know, hey, I'm going to keep this person talking here uh, because I want to use this ability. That's really cool because I feel like you're going to be a mob boss. Yeah. With this one. Come on, sit down. We're going to have a wonderful meal. Yeah. But I have a few things I got to ask you first before we get started. And by the time he's done talking, you're shitting your pants. You're scared. shitting your pants. Yeah. But he hasn't actually said the words are not threatening. Yeah. I'll send some people over to, to keep you company. Yeah, we'll take care right? of it. It's the yeah. undertones, right? Yeah. And that's what I, I love that. He's a, so this is the subtext. Part. I love those scenes. Yeah. And we've, yeah. we've done those type of scenes together that came out wrong. In the game um, where we've had like those long, sort that's of the other intimidating part. conversations. Yeah. That type of ability right there would have been perfect for that type of thing okay uh mandal of whispers they get a sick level is uh when a humanoid dies you essentially take their shadow and their shadow follows you and at any point you can make that shadow um disguise you as that person um who died oh that's that is awesome i'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna get to do it uh, once you know from that shadow from that person but um you don't get all of their secrets but you get the basic knowledge that they would have you you know how to act to be them you can you can mimic them perfectly but you don't know what their mother how, name how is. long does that last i believe it's war did it the skies last for one hour or until you end it as a bonus action my god i want to play this in an urban campaign so yeah exactly so like water deep or something like that would be perfect if you're going like undercover like an undercover type mission, this would be perfect. Like it's funny because heist. I, you said Waterdeep, and I'm I'm like, no man, like Victorian era London. Yeah, like I want the cobblestones yeah. and yeah, the lanterns. Definitely. And That's like, basically is... Waterdeep. They're they're it's very modeled after that kind of tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so but yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, so the last one uh, I had for you was uh, Shadow Law. You get this at 14th level. Uh, it's the ability ability to weave dark magic into your words and tap into a creature's deepest fears. So as an action, you magically whisper a phrase that only one creature of your choice within 30 feet of you can hear. The target makes a wisdom saving throw. Uh, it automatically succeeds if it if it doesn't share a language with you. Uh, on a successful saving throw, your whisper uh, it sounds like unintelligible mumbling and has no effect, but on a failed save, the target is charmed by you for the next eight hours or until you or your Jeez. allies attacks it. Yeah, I was trying to get my words out to get it so that it was clear. <coughs> but yeah, essentially you can charm them for eight hours. And and with your counter charm that you just inherently get as a bard at level six, you were a charm beast. Yeah, and also yeah. if if they succeed on the save, they you don't stab know. Them where your skin. They don't know that you were trying to do it. If they succeed, it's, oh. they just think you are mumbling nothing at them. Yeah. So hugely powerful. I mean, they think you're that a, weird guy on the street, not. It's a 14th level, but do you see how this this uh, subclass works for kind of like that long play, long con yeah. type thing? Yeah. Great. I will love that because that's the type of game I like to play. It's a very social role play type game. Uh, but love it. College of Whispers. It's in Xanathar's. Um, if you love to play that type of character, it's right there. It's great. All right, guys. So uh, before we move on, does anyone want to add anything that they missed uh, for those subclasses they want to throw in? Yeah, I got I got a question for for Dan. This yeah. confused me because you said this, and I'm like, what? Right, so let, let me start. Bardic inspiration, okay? Yeah. Uh, so you get an inspiration die. It I think it starts with a d6, and it improves as you as you level. Yes. Um, once within the next ten minutes, the creature can roll a die, and the number rolled. And add the number rolled to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. Ability check is the keyword. Ability check, attack roll, and saving roll, uh, saving throw. Yep. Uh, it can wait until after it rolls the d20 before deciding to use the inspiration die, but before the DM decides or uh, reveals whether it's successful or not. That is the basic bardic inspiration. So your your College of Lore peerless skill starting at 14th level. When you make an ability check, it's the same thing. You can expend one use of Bardic Inspiration, roll a die, and add the number rolled to your ability check. Yeah. It's the same thing. No. 
What am I missing? Uh, the reactionary component to it. Peerless skills reactionary. So uh, it doesn't say that anywhere here. When you make an ability check, you can expend one use. Roll a bardic inspiration die and add the number to your ability check. You could choose to do so after uh, after you roll the die for the ability check. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's not a it's not a reaction during. A it's turn. not a reaction to do it. So but you it's see a, your roll and then decide to do it instead yeah. of declaring you're going to do it before you roll. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's. Uh, that's kind of weak for 14th level mm -hmm. compared to some of the others. True, but I mean, they get their additional uh, magical secrets. Uh, they get the cutting yeah, All of their other stuff is super powered. Yeah. Just their 14th level thing seems a little weak. I but, don't think I would go a full 14 in Bard I, in uh, College of Lore. I think I'd, I'd bow out after 10th level. You think? Yeah, I'd go grab something else because I got everything I wanted out of this. You could even go just to 6th because they get their magical secrets early. Right? Yeah. Like, you could. Um I like I like the freedom that Peerless Skill kind of brings into it, because it's 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 reactionary, um, in the sense where you're playing that character who is telling everyone you can't fail at anything. If you're gonna roll that dice and then oh crap I'm about to fail at this thing, you could bring that in. Yeah, at but that a, point. but at fourteenth level you have so many spells and other things, and you're proficient at so many other things. You're not you're not really failing too often at fourteenth. You'll roll a one, but you're adding you know twelve to the roll. Right, and it's not an auto failure on yeah. an ability check. It just doesn't seem like that's the strongest of fourteenth level abilities. Well, they get cutting words, right? And, and, and that's and, it. And, and that balance, more than cutting words up. balances it, but, and then some. But my point is, the College of Lords is front loaded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you don't have to go all the way through it. A lot of people say that that bards and fighters are the two best to dip into. Warlocks too. Yeah, are really good to dip in for the one or two you levels early on. Yeah, yeah. the same thing with um with the rogue sneak attack. Right, yeah. there's some that are really front loaded, some that are really back loaded. Um, this is front loaded. The, yeah. the bard, especially College of Lore. Yeah, you you go three levels into College of Lore, you could go on and and you've got that flavor and you've got that ability. You've got cutting words. You're golden. Yeah, you move on to the next thing. You got your song arrest by then. You've got your inspiration. You yeah, can move on. Okay. So anyway, that was just kind of my thought process on College of no, Lore. No, makes sense yeah. to clear that up. Yeah, but that 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 absolutely makes sense. Okay, guys. So we're going to move on. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, how we can make archetypes creative and, and and do different types of things with characters. First, I want to give a shout out. Um, the shout out I want to give this week is for. Instagram, um, our friend RPG Yogi's other page, uh, the Sheik Fay at the Sheik Fay. Sheik is C H I C Fay. You should know is F E Y. Um, so RPG Yogi, on top of having an amazing, it's uh, not, D &D it's, page, not chick -fee. it's not Chick Fee. It's not Chick Fee. Okay. It's not Chick Fee or chickpeas or or anything else. So um, she makes artisanal hummus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. <laughs> These people. Whenever you say stuff like that, do you see the rage build up? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey guys, like, what's the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea? Okay. Oh what? no. No. If you don't know the answer to this, I'll tell you later. Those of you who can leave you hanging, Google it. It's funny. Okay. Continue. <laughs> okay. RPG Yogi's other page, the Chic Fay, is that the page where she advertises and makes all of her D and D themed and inspired jewelry and it and we've seen a lot of this type of stuff out there and it's the same yeah. stuff we yeah. see hers it over is, and over it's so cool but hers is gorgeous I love, I love the d20 pendants yeah or with the like the I, moon I, shape I, yeah, the, like the tribal type moon me the guy who doesn't like costumes at the table loves the ears yeah yeah <laughs> like the little the elf ears I want to get them for my wife my wife does not play Dungeons and Dragons I want to get those for her because she love them and I love I love having a little bit of back and forth with Yogi because she's incredibly witty and sarcastic as well but she's also very talented with her hands and I am not so I appreciate it when I see it at making jewelry Dan <laughs> you're the one who said don't it don't bring her into these this. words come out of your mouth don't and, you, and 
Don't bring her into this filth. No. <laughs> okay. That's what we have you... break your heroes for. <laughs> That's what break your heroes That's what Danny's for. That's what... <laughs> she will break you as well. She's the sassiest. All right, guys. Are we ready to move on? No, no, no. no. I'm not. What is the difference between garbanzo beans and chickpeas? You uh, can't just leave me hanging. I don't pay a garbanzo to bean on my face. Oh, you asked. See, there it is. Because I'm trying to do this thing with you guys <laughs> where I want people to take seriously here. Chic Fay, you say? Chic Fay. <laughs> we All love right. Chic Fay, RPG Yogi. Okay. All right, guys. Let's move it on. Let's talk about interesting character builds. What a way to end the show. How we're going to counter <laughs> stereotypes. I'm going. How we're going to stereotypes. We're going to talk about new, unique character flavor. But first, we are going to roll initiative. I hope I win, just so you guys are not allowed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and with a four, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going first. I'll go last with a two. Still haven't botched. All right, Dan. Talk to me about character builds and archetypes and how to make them fun and creative. Okay, so I love um, I love embracing tropes and all these other things. And I like finding my uh, sources of inspiration outside of um, Dungeons & Dragons in quite a wide spectrum. I say this because one day I was driving home from work and I drove by a sign. Okay. Was that a stop sign? No, no, no. <laughs> it, was, it was a real estate sign. And the guy's last name was Guthrie. And I went, that is a fantastic last name. What could I do with a character named Guthrie? Oh, I know. Guthrie, this guy's Southern. Yeah. He's probably playing a fiddle. Yeah. Wearing a set of overalls with one thing off. Cal Guthrie? Hal Guthrie. No, no, no. We have a naming convention with tieflings where their name is like a full-on like... It's like laughter. Yeah, laughter, or, or all this. Like right? yeah. So yeah. I wanted this tiefling character who was a... Um, obviously like a deep... Like I wanted deep red. Like I wanted him to be as devilish looking as I could. Sure. Um, but he was a very good character. Like he was lawful good. His sister, Acemir, asshole who's a, uh, who's a rogue. Anyways, this character, I named him Redemption Guthrie, Redemption Guthrie, okay. or Red Guthrie for short. The most southern name I could. Um, <laughs> and, Adam nods approvingly. To and, and this guy was a fiddle player. Yeah, and, and, I, and looking like the devil. And yeah. looking like the devil. So I was like, okay, he's the oh, devil. The he's devil, from the, the south. Devil, and he has, a, okay, so he's the devil that came down from Georgia. Yeah. I dipped a little bit into Warlock and took a, a Pact of the Chain. Oh. So he had a familiar as well with his fiddle. So I had his little familiar, whose name was Charlie Daniels, oh. who are, who's the band that comes, who made the song, The Devil Came Down to Georgia, yeah. and he played a fiddle. What, what, what's loved him. the familiar? You're leaving me hanging. What is it? What's the familiar? He was a weasel. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think right. that yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. Um, and he just hid in my pocket. But for the bard side of things, he was College of Lore. Like, he was just sitting there to... Play his fiddle and destroy you on an emotional level every single time he got to it, right? Like in the song, uh, I built the the character very much around the lyrics of the song. And there's a part where he's like, you know, settle up, son. I'm like, I'll show you how to play. And he goes nuts on the uh, violin. So um, I did that with his magical secrets. I gave him shillelagh. So he just, occasionally things would get too close to him. So he would smoke them across the face with his fiddle. <laughs> As a shillelagh. Yeah. And then he'd keep playing it. Like, yeah. it, I love this build. Um, being able to really dip into this fast-talking, fast-fiddle-playing devil who is a good guy. But he will play the fact that he looks like a devil and, you know, 
will walk up to kids for a laugh and be like, hey, so uh, give you a gold for your soul, right? Like <laughs> that kind of deal. Like I, I loved this character and like really, really built him around this this guy who's just a bit off kilter, but Southern is all get out. And I got to break out my Southern accent and it was, <laughs> oh. it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, that, that's good. That's the best good. accent you have. That's the best my, my Southern accent is actually pretty decent. I, I Your like Russian it. accent is just, my no, Russian no. balls. No, it's, it's balls. It's, it's it's balls. balls. Your, your Russian was good. I'm sure actual Russians out there were, were his, fuming all of us. His Russian you accent you held it. was freaking John Malkovich. I was like, screw this. From, from Rounders. From Rounders. It was halfway between that and the Russian cosmonaut from Armageddon. Yes. Oh man, yeah. what a great MPC Go back, go back and listen. If you haven't listened to it, listen to our Wizard Tower episode. Go and listen to Wizard Tower episode. Yeah. A lot of fun. Okay. We I talk guess... about gizzard showers. <laughs> blizzard hours. It was we were talking oh about God. blizzard hours. Right. I I on this podcast, I didn't think I was gonna be the one that had to control everybody else and keep them on topic because in life I'm like squirrel like I'm off all the time. Oh, I try to do it and then you guys belittle me. So it, <laughs> I've given up. Okay, I'm going second. I'm chaotic neutral. <laughs> So interesting, interesting <laughs> Don't character fuck with everybody. Build. Yeah, hard right, continue. <laughs> interesting character builds. When I was exploring College of Whispers, this got me thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. I want to move away from the well, the type of character you just described, Dan, which was a great character, that fiddle playing musician. But I want to move away from that and use the the voice, the spoken word, as more of like a, a the politician style. That House of Cards, Frank Underwood undertones, hidden meanings to words. Um, College of Whispers would be great for that. That kind of uh, smile to the face, knife to the back type yep. person where everybody kind of trusts them, but secretly they're kind of, they have those evil sort of tendencies, but they, they're they kind of like a lawful evil type character, yeah. but that, that, that sleazy politician type. Yeah. So yeah, that would kind of be the way I would like to go. I, I like that. And it could be more than just... You don't have to start as a politician for that either. Yeah. You could just start as like a like a fast talking con man. Work your way up to be like like the the mayor. No, even before that, you're the foreman of the of the trash disposal company. Yeah. They just got this fat paying job for the. Absolutely. And then you like you work your way up through it from a role play perspective. That's great. How are you handling your combat as this character? Mm -hmm. Why are you in a dungeon? Yeah. So that's my question for you, Terry. Why oh. is this guy adventuring? <laughs> um, I feel like there would be a lot of... Uh, there'd, be, there'd be a great hidden agenda with this person. And you know we were talking before about always find a reason to be with the party? Yeah. You're using these people. You're going to the dungeon. You may know the way. And you're going to essentially use them to 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 get to your agenda item. But also because you're an um, a untrustworthy person because you put out what you take in, you also don't trust other people. So I, you have to go I, with them. I would take the background a folk hero for mm -hmm. this as well. So the other thing too is that you walk back into town and the masses love you. Yeah, the masses love you. Right, because you you are this... this wonder, and you get into the dungeon and you get, all right guys, like Yuri... From, from the Wizard Tower episode? Yes. Was very much that character. He was like, oh, yeah, that's scary. Why don't you guys go deal with that? I'll be in this room. Yeah, I'll be well, you did that with Oscar all the time. You're like, okay, I'm going to go deal with this. You go count this thing. And yeah. Oscar's like, okay. But, yeah. I'm like, but outside to the people, you're shaking hands and kissing babies. Yeah. Uh, but the people not, who not know you. Not the opposite. You, that's bad. Yeah, absolutely. But the people who know you know that you're that sleazy type. You if I was to it. play this kind of character, I would play him very much like Gary Oldman in Fifth Element. Like, uh, the reason why he's out adventuring is if you want to do something right, you do it yourself. Nah! Like, disappointed businessman who sent his henchmen out, they failed. So now he's having to come and supervise. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I, I, I would love to do that. Yeah. 
I yeah. think it'd be great, especially for an urban campaign where you, if you know you're going to basically be staying in that city mostly, you can have that political agenda while you, where you're trying to work your way up from the foreman yeah. of the trash company up to be the mayor. And your long agenda is you're trying to take the mayor out or something. So, yeah. Love it. Okay. okay. Adam? Adam? All right. So uh, I thought I had one thing from College of Valor, but I've changed my mind since because I had an epiphany while Dan was speaking about College of Lore. Uh, really quickly, the College of Valor thing is if you have martial weapons and a shield and you are a bard, you should be banging that shield and that should be your instrument, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You are you are keeping rhythm or you are making a cacophony of noise to get people to, to react to you whether yeah. you're getting their attention. You're casting a spell out of the shield, right? See if you can use it as an arcane spell focus, right? Like, I just think that that's a really cool way of going about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... My real answer is, and I've said this before on the podcast, I want to be the stand-up comedian. Yeah. Right. Oh, the slam I, comic. You yeah, the slam you. comic. So what he does is he just insults... Uh, yeah, Dan. Sorry, I just want to say, uh, bards, by their very nature, can use any sort of musical instrument as their spellcasting focus. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? But so, like, you could use your shield. I would rule that you'd be able to use yeah. your shield as a... I would just say that get, get permission from your DM so he does, he's not saying, no, make it an instrument that you can get along and Okay, played. I'll get a big, flat, round gong that I strap to my arm then. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> strapping a steel drum on here. Doom, doom, yeah. Doom, 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 doom. yeah, that is a great big gong you've got strapped on. <laughs> <laughs> so, never mind the size of my gong. Carry on. <laughs> So the thing about the insult comic that I absolutely love is that he knows more than you about everything. He's casting spells all of the time. Every time he opens his mouth, something happens. But the flavor that I got out of Dan talking about um, Red Guthrie and he's going around, he's making deals and whatnot, is I started thinking about the power of language, like you were saying earlier, Terry. Yeah. This is the guy who either buffs, he, he is consistently dropping the F-bomb. Right. This is a rated R character because this is insult comedy. So he is either buffing the party with swear words because he is swearing on your behalf. So or nice. or he's nice. using curse words to damage others because why do they call it curse words? Yes. Because he is cursing people with the power of his This language. is fantastic. So I'm the, on board with that. Yeah, that's where my insult comedian is going to come I from. I do not want to DM this character. I want to play Constantly with Constantly insulting your own party because you're reluctantly buffing them because they're shit. Listen, and you're... you fucking wiener. <laughs> <Can you> <laughs> just, like, just like healing them going, can you stop being so fucking shit? <laughs> just carry yeah. Oh, thanks for healing me. Fuck you. I almost died. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that that would be like even even like Song of Rest for him. Yeah. He would be singing lullabies that are real but he would be dropping the F-bomb into it right yeah. or just really inappropriate lyrics but just, just in, a, in a soft and melodic way okay I, got, I, got, I have a quick story there is a lullaby that when I had kids I almost sang but it's you know go to sleep you little creeps because it's way past your bedtime may your dreams turn to nightmares and your teddy bears will die I remember that from yeah. my childhood yeah that thing's terrible mm. perfect song of rest song no I, I, I'm going to do you one better for song of rest I know, I know you know this book, Dan, because I bought oh. it for you when you had kids, but I don't know if it's you know this. Uh, it is Samuel L. Jackson uh, reads in the YouTube video. It's a book called, it's a children's book called Go the Fuck to Sleep. <laughs> Do you know this? You should no, look it up on it. YouTube. It it's right because he I feel like there's a lot of parents nodding right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every single parent yeah. is, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. 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 Also, so, we're drunk. So when, when, <laughs> when like, Dan had his, his uh, twins, I was like, hey, you know what? You need to have this book. It's beautiful. So, 
Um, so I bought it for Dan as a like congratulation present. Yeah. But I can just picture him like the party is taking a short rest. They're using they don't want to use their hit dice. They're pretty beat up, and he's just like, no, 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 go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. And he's just pulling excerpts out of this book mm-hmm. and trying to calm people down. This is where I'd come from with with the the insult comedian. Yeah. And. And you almost need another bard in the party be like, no, 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 his heart's in the right place, man. Yeah. Don't listen to the words, listen to the meaning. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> or, or or just a barbarian character that's like his best friend who at every single thing is like, yes! <laughs> yeah. But you just want to have a barbarian be everyone's best friend, Dan. That's because everyone needs a barbarian best friend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's where I would come from. The, the swear words and the curse words. That was three that. really good character builds. I think we uh, I think we looked at flipping things on his head a little bit, and it was yeah. got really good. Okay, and we're we're kind of coming to a natural end here. Unless there's any last points you guys want to put in, or anything we felt like we missed at all. We've said this before in other episodes, and I think it really bears repeating. One of the curses of the bard is if you're at a table and they expect you to mm. sing and you're not a singer, don't feel the pressure to do it. Like. If, if you want to, if you want to go nuts, like I've been in groups where people like are incredibly skilled musicians and they come with a mandolin and they actually play their songs. Yeah. What, I've been with those groups. What is the podcast or the show where it's four musicians that get together? Bombarded. Mm. And they, they make a song at the end of every episode. Uh, yeah, what so there, there is a musical dice thing that like chooses their key and chooses all these other things. And they make a song. Based on that episode, at the end of every episode of, oh. of, of yeah. an actual play D and D game. However, they're talented people, and I'm not. No, so, neither am I. So neither am I. I, I, I'm not going to sing at the table. Like I, yeah. just, I just want. So, so if you want to play a bard and are intimidated by the fact that you might have to sing, you don't. You don't have right? to sing. Also, if you play a black dragonborn, you don't have to spit on people when you use your breath weapon. It kind of goes without saying. You don't have if to. If you're do barbarian, you don't actually have to throw things across the table. To. He says sarcastically to Adam to the side. <laughs> um, so, Still wiping our brow. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the other thing that I want to point out is, and this really only works for these two classes. Last episode, I said barbarian backwards was Nerabrab. Yeah. Which is a great name for an old barbarian. Like, I really like that. Right. The opposite of a bard is someone who's drab, which is bard backwards. Uh. So that's. That's, that's, it all kind of flows together and works. Beautiful. It falls apart when it gets to Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. It's Warlock backwards. Uh, I call of... Raw. <laughs> like, this is not working anymore. But yeah. for, for the first two, it worked out all right. Yeah. yeah. Splendid. Okay. Well, on that note, team, I think it's time to do the outro music. We'll get out of here and I'll leave you guys and I'll see you in a week. Please, don't text me. Don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. It's a Mimic. We are out. We're out. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. We're still going to play, though, right? Like D&D? No, I fucking hate you guys. (laughs) 